Okay. Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey, John. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Feels good to be back at the table. Sure does. Been a minute here. It has been a while. We just got done announcing our winner for our first big giveaway, Freedom Baits Mega Bait Pack and the uh, Tuned Up uh, New Fusion with the Spring Bobber. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I got to get that shipped out. We got to get that out. I'm super excited. Who was the winner to Chloe Tyson? So if you're uh, looking for a new person to follow, check out Chloe Tyson on Instagram. Her handle was posted in the uh, in the winner post. She puts out some awesome content. She'd be one who'd be fun to talk to here, John. Sometime. That's awesome. And she's getting quite a prize pack. I mean, maybe Heck yeah. there's a couple freedom baits missing, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was you, not me, who stole them. <laughs> And wow. we just coming off a successful ice show. Throwing me under the bus. Yep. Ice show's over. <laughs> it's time to, to fish. Back to normal. Time to fish. Uh, let's, we, let's talk about fishing. Speaking we, of fishing. We do have a guest on, on the line, Scott Mackner. Mackner. How are we doing, Scott? Good. How are yourself? Doing great. Hey, thanks for spending a couple minutes to call, call in and talk about uh, what you're seeing up in your neck of the woods, ice conditions. Fishing report. Yeah, so I want to talk, ab- report. talk about the storm that just hit. Did you, what, uh, how's, how's things looking up there? Uh, you know, it's not well. So I, I haven't made it out, out, out on any, any big lakes, um, but I went out and checked some bays and stuff and, um, you know, got a lot of a wet, a lot of wet, sticky snow. We got about seven inches, about seven inches up in our neck of the woods here. And, and I'm seeing, you know, already an, an inch or so of, of water on top of the ice in a few places. So for people who don't know, what's your neck of the woods? Uh, I live, I'm located in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. So, I do a lot of fishing in Becker County, Ottertail County. Gotcha. If you want to follow him, 330 Maniac Outdoors. Yeah, he. you are kind of a, we'll call you a renaissance man. Um, <laughs> just because you, you hunt, you you trap, you fish, you kind of do stuff that uh, people have forgotten about. Yeah, you know, trapping is trapping is really a kind of a, a lost art almost. That's Actually, that's what I'm, I've been doing all this week. I I always I always do a week in December where I just dedicate it mostly to trapping, you know, and then in the daytime if I get time I'll run out and, and hit a few spots fishing. But uh, it's and it's really it's really made trapping a, a lot harder too. As fishing, you know, if you're if you're on foot and you, you know you're normally walking one, two, three hundred yards to an easy spot in the lake, well now you're fighting against you know snow and slush and the sled's not pulling like it used to, you know, and so on and forth. It just makes things difficult. I'm seeing, I'm looking at your Facebook posts right now, Scott, and you're getting on them. Beavers and otter and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's been a really good uh, uh, fall slash winter. The winter is actually really starting to ramp up. Um, you know, I have a, I got a snowmobile last winter and it, and it really, it really, really helped kind of, I don't know if you'd say broaden my horizons in fishing, but because of all the snow last year, if I wouldn't have had that snowmobile, I definitely would not have done the amount of fishing that I, that I did. Oh, I can imagine. I've never fished on a snowmobile. John, have you it's, done that? Fished? On, yeah, I used to. Way back in the day, I used to have a old Articat 
a, probably I think it was a 1986 Articat LT Gray 5000, and that was a beast of an ice fishing machine. I have so mine's a, mine's actually a 97 Cougar 550. Okay, so um, similar similar probably body structure kind of. Yes, and it and it runs great. You know, yeah. I I think I put about 300 miles on it last winter or more possibly. Jeepers. Yeah, and that's just you know that's not even really running miles at a time. You know, it's maybe you know half a mile there and half a mile back, and maybe around the lake a little bit to look for some fish. So what do you see in ice uh, ice conditions wise? You said it was a bunch of snow on top. It's making a bunch of a bunch of water on top. How about thickness? Yeah, there's 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 a little bit of water appearing on some of the you know some of the lakes, and that and that's more I guess you know um, I've been around. Well, I shouldn't say around, but adjacent to kind of some river mouth. So I'm not sure if that, you know, that open water in the river is just spilling onto the ice. But uh, I've seen anywhere from, you know, all the way down to five inches up to 14 inches on the lakes around here. Uh, a lot of shallow. Uh, right in town, we got Little Detroit Lake. That's had ice for a month. And there's actually numerous people out there pulling, you know, full-size, you know, one-ton trucks pulling ice castles around out there. Seriously. Oh, I, that's, that's ballsy. Cause I know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of be the first guy out. Yeah, me either. And that, well, you know, and now if a guy has a, a snowmobile or a wheeler, I can understand, you know, if you're pulling your ice gas, well, but for me, you know, if I need to get somewhere, you know, and I, and it's a, it's a ways of travel instead of risking my truck, it's like, I can jump on a sled, you know, and, and buzz over there and get the same effect just without dropping my truck in the lake, possibly. Yeah, that would be the just the worst possible thing to happen. Well, and I mean, Scott, you know, like sleds do not, you know, when you're going on a snowmobile, you can go through some, over some pretty pretty thin ice um, and still be okay. Uh, it's not recommended, but you can go over some pretty thin It's a stuff. bigger, like, patch of yeah, weight. Yeah, there's just there's not yeah. as much pounds per square inch. Um, but like I should we, say, you know, me personally, I, I you know, even I, I'm just – scared of falling through the ice you know i won't even if i don't have at least six inches of ice or more i don't even really want to take my sled out no and i i think we all have to be a little patient with the snowstorm that just rolled in i know uh i was talking to a guide up in brainerd today too um and today being december 14th it was uh their ice they had you know on some of the small lakes 10 12 inches but they're seeing they get that six inches of heavy wet snow it, it does push some water up on top of the ice and kind of makes the edges not not as solid as they were absolutely and and you know it's it's, it's been warm all you know it's not like it's been freezing at night um <clears throat> actually since i've been on trapping today places that i drove by yesterday that were all froze over with small holes in them the rivers have actually opened up in, in quite a few areas because if you get that that water on top of the ice and it doesn't it doesn't freeze all it does you know really is kind of eat the ice away well i wonder if some of the spots are going to benefit from this really warm yeah do you, do you for for trapping out of curiosity with a little warm spell does that actually kind of improve animal movement quite a bit it, it does it seems to uh everything seems to, to move a, a lot more um today i picked up quite a few actually so i was out trapping yesterday and it rained like crazy and the, and the movement wasn't that well but now today you know it was nice and warm and just gorgeous outside the catch rate picked up probably by I'd I'd say at least fifty percent over over yesterday. So so what's it? I mean, this is probably a weird question, but like, what's a good day? Like, I know a good day fishing. Yeah, you, you have a great day fishing, but what's a good day trapping? Is it like you know? Uh so, uh 
if I'm going out to check some brand new traps and if I set out, um, you know, 20 traps, a good day of, of, of trapping is a 50% catch rate. So you set out 20 traps, you go out with their muskrat beaver and you pick up 10 catches, you know, out of those traps. So if you can, you know, at least have half your traps full, you're doing pretty good. And I, and I also don't count if, if there's a trap that's, that, you know, it's not sprung off or not fired. Um, I kind of don't, I don't count that because my dad always told me, you know, you can't catch them if they don't come through. Mm, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so what do you do with the animals? Oh, uh, there's, there's actually a couple local fur buyers, um, that I just run them to. There's one in Ashby. There's also one over in Downer. Uh, they take them and they process them. They actually, you know, they take the meat and sell it to mink farms and they actually make like, or they sell the tails, you know, sometimes for fishing bait, uh, wallets, and they usually, they'll take the fur and sell it to auction houses. And they're just probably six or seven different parts of the animal that they can sell in separate places. So you don't have to, you don't money. have to skin them and, and tan them and stuff like that anymore. You just bring No, them. I just, uh, actually have a, since I live in an apartment, all my fishing gear, all my, well, all my house, you know, all my trapping equipment, I have a uh, 10 by 20 storage unit and I keep it all, keep it all out there, including my catches. I just have some pallets on the floor and I just put them on the pallets for three, four, five, six days, you know, days until my fur buyer can come through town and then he'll swing by my storage unit and just buy them whole like that right from me. You have to field dress them though, I'm sure, right? Nope. Don't have to do anything to them. Really? Really? I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of fascinated by that. I thought you would have had to do something to them. Yeah. No, they, uh, you know, it, especially in cold weather, you know, in cold weather like this, um, they're not going to spoil, you know, they can, they can sit, sit in there for up to a week, but when it gets cold, when they freeze solid, they can sit in that state for months, you know, and then he takes them back to his fur processing facility. Um, and then he lets them thaw out and he just processes them there. So really, I mean, it's really nice for me that I don't have to do anything but catch them and then, you know, just store them away until I can sell them. Is the meat on a beaver decent? Do people eat it that? It is actually, it's it's really good. I, I make one every year for Thanksgiving. It's like my daughter's thing. I, she says that I have to make a beaver for Thanksgiving every single year. So I actually shot a video here a few weeks ago called the Chasing the Thanksgiving Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Because I knew that I needed a beaver for Thanksgiving, and and I did catch one. I and uh, you, know, you 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 debone them. I actually take the hindquarters, the tenderloins out of the back, like you would a deer almost. Um, soak them in a salt water solution, like a brine overnight, to get some of the gamey taste out of it. And then I'll cook it in a crock pot, you know, or like a roaster, just like you would anything else. And it's it's dark. It's a dark colored meat, but it's really really tasty. Um, you know, all the beaver eat are roots and tree bark and so on and so forth. So, um, they're, you know, they're actually a pretty clean animal. That's interesting. Yeah. I was always wondering, cause you're always mm-hmm. harvesting so many of them that they must be, the meat must be going somewhere. Oh yeah. It's yeah. And, and there's so many of them around. People don't realize it until they actually start looking for them. You know, any, any given pond river, you know, I can think of at least, you know, 50, 60, 70 separate colonies just off the top of my head, you know, within a half hour of Detroit Lakes. Wow. And that's ones that I know are there. And that's there's there's more back in the woods that you can't even see. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I know beavers are kind mm-hmm. of a, a little bit of a nuisance um, for a lot of cities now just because 
there's not as many people trapping them or if there is it's you know they're more of doing it for sure. recreational you know they uh i get i do i do some trapping for the county um state and i do some some private removal for the lake associations because somebody has a nice lake house and all of a sudden out of nowhere the beaver cut down you know three or four of their beautiful tamarack trees in their front you know front lake lot well you know as you know you know a lake lot trees and everything is I mean, it can bring your value down on a, on a property just like that. Our cabin had a problem with beavers. I don't know. How long ago was that, Tommy? 30 years? 25, 30 years ago? Something like that. And they dammed up uh, our river and flooded it out really bad. We had a guy who came in and he was using dynamite to blow up the beaver dams. He was, <laughs> <laughs> he was not interested in selling them. He just wanted them gone. <laughs> no, but a lot of people will just actually they'll they'll take a you know a deer rifle or a twenty two or something, and if they see them swimming around, um, they'll just take a shot at them because you know if if there's not someone there to trap them, they got to get rid of them somehow. Yeah, I mean, I I don't they're they're kind of I don't know for me the beavers are not like out during the day. It's always early morning or dusk. So, yep, that's that's about when you the only time you ever see them. I hooked one with a scum frog a couple of years ago. That was a little interesting. <laughs> you hooked a beaver. Did you get into the boat? No, no, but it, it came Cut off. Cut the line. Luckily, Cut it was the line. It, it was uh, yeah. It was a per, a fluke cast and a perfect hit. Did you like? I, uh, did you snag it? Yeah, well, basically because I was trying to get out of there, and it was a beaver, and yeah, it was. But I snagged one uh, shallow water walleye fishing in my waders a few years back, casting and joining a rappel out into the darkness, and I'm reeling and got you some weight and I set the hook and wow, I, then there's the lake I was fishing and muskies in it and I thought, whoa, I hooked into a muskie. Then I hear it on top of the water flopping and I'm like, what is going on? And then, you know, I actually, I didn't get it in, but I got it close enough to where there's a, a light by the fishing dock where I could see what it was and it ended up breaking my line. But yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I'd want to mess with a beaver with a, you know, a couple treble hooks in it too. Yeah. My, my rapolet wasn't that important. No, yeah. no, I'll, I'll cut the line for a, a $12 rapolet to yeah, save my fingers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, the ice. Well, sorry, go oh, ahead. No, I said beavers get huge. I mean, I never realized how big they actually can get, but they are enormous sometimes. They can get very large. Uh, the largest one I've ever caught was 86 pounds. Um, I actually caught that when I was 16 and I don't know if I'll, I think the closest I've came since then was 78 and then the next one after that was like 72 that's, that's a big huge that's that, a, yeah it's a big dog uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with fur and a giant paddle yeah that can get angry well, that's crazy so you'll keep going with the trapping for you said basically through December or do you keep going all year uh, well, I, I could go, I could go all year, but what I'm doing is I actually just reserved this week, uh, Monday through no, uh, Friday, I'm actually Friday or Saturday. I'm going to pull my traps. Um, and I might, I might do a little bit, you know, here later in December or later in like January, if I get a chance, but the snow gets super deep and that, but then in the springtime, cause the season runs through May 15th. As soon as the snow melts, there's actually a spring a spring run where I trap for about two weeks straight, also, and um, do a bunch of trapping. Then, what do you use? So, for, no, oh, sorry, did I? Oh, yeah, no. So I'm gonna I'll pack it up after this weekend, most likely, and then and try to get uh, get out ice fishing as much as possible. 
What do you use to try to, to try to lure them into the trap? There must be some sort of bait, right? Uh, there is. So during the winter time, uh, you don't have to lure them because what I'll do is, uh, there's a process. I, I, I put on like chest weeders and I have a spud bar and I'll walk around where they live at. You know, they have these lodges and these dens under the shoreline. I'll walk around and I'll locate the entrances to them under the ice. And then I'll cut a hole in the ice and I'll actually climb in with my waders on and kind of feel the hole. And I can tell how they're, how they're getting, you know, up inside these runs and I'll set these traps under the ice to target them in the wintertime. That's what I'm doing right now. So there's no bait needed now. And all you're doing is you're catching them traveling in and out of these, these, these dens of theirs. Um, springtime, they come out, they haven't been out all winter long or, you know, all winter long. And what they want to do is they want to mark their territory. They want every beaver that might wander in to know that, Hey, this is my territory. You guys need to stay out of here. So, there's a lure called castorium. It's actually it's actually a big ingredient in, um, uh, like uh, oh gosh, uh, food. I'm trying to think, if you, if you were to Google castorium, you'd be really surprised with all the food that that is or that it, it is in. And I'm not saying it's massive amounts, but there's castorium in a, in a lot of different products that you wouldn't imagine. But what you do is you put this cast this castorium up on the shoreline. And you can put a trap in front of it, and any beaver that swims by it smells that, and they think that there's a, an intruding beaver from another colony in their pond, and they'll swim up to smell that, and they'll get caught in the trap. I mean, that's the general process. How long do they do they, do they stay in the trap before they die? Like, is it a quick? Is it does it just like hang it, them up, or know, does it have some it, sort of killing mechanism? It really depends on the. So there's a couple different kinds of traps. There's a, a three thirty condor bear. Uh, that's actually a square trap with two powerful springs on it that it catches them by the head and it kills them om- or it kills them almost instantly. <clears throat> and then there's another trap. It's a foot trap and it's on a, uh, I put it on a, a 10 foot long piece of half inch rebar and it has a one way lock on it. So if a beaver gets caught in the trap, um, I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll shove the end of this bar out into deep water and they'll get caught in this trap and they'll, they'll, they'll run down the bar and hit the bottom of it and they'll turn around to come back up and it, it only slides one way. So they usually expire in a few minutes at the bottom of that. Mm. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. There's a lot more into it than I thought. Well, I, I had a, a, I think one of the conibear traps that I tried to play with and those things are, to me, they're the most dangerous things in the world when trying to set they them are. somewhere. They're very powerful. I, people, a lot of people comment on my videos. They're like, "You make me so nervous when you have those in your hands." Because I, I, you know, I, I set them without even thinking. I've just, you know, I've been, I, like, I've been beaver trapping for, oh gosh, you know, their whole life, years, probably. yeah, probably just over thirty years. And uh, I've just handled them so much. I, I know how to set them, and I know that when I'm handling handling this to keep your hands away from the trap and to keep the trap away from your body in case it were to fire. Um, previous years I have broke fingers, fractured a leg. Um, oh, but Jesus. That was, I, when you said fracture, I was like broken fingers. I could totally see, but fracture my leg. I, I, I mean, if you got close to that, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I actually, so I set one one time on the ice and I, I set it and I laid it on the ice and I wasn't thinking I stood up to look for a stick and I turned around and I stepped right in it. Oof. And you know, since they're, you know, if it's underwater, at least the water displacement displacement helps with the speed of the trap. 
but there was there was no water there, so it literally just went off and caught me, you know, about eight inches above my ankle, and I fractured my right leg. Good. So I learned not to, and that that's when I was like between sixteen and eighteen years old. So I've been I've been event free for probably twenty five years now. Knock on wood, <laughs> right now, because otherwise you're yeah. going out there with a broken finger tomorrow. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> That's just yeah. my that's just my luck. I always say like I haven't done anything for a while, and then shoot. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send John a message tomorrow with my hand in the trap. Yep. Yeah. Then I'll be like, yeah, see, <laughs> see what happened. He didn't knock on the right wood. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad the ice is uh, is I mean not uh, hurting too bad, but it's, we're supposed no, to get some more snow. So yeah, it, it 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 like I said, it's been pretty good. We have you know we have a series of lakes around here that I you know just like other people would like to do you know. They'll uh, hit these lakes early because some of our lakes, the shallower ones that are 16, 17, 18 feet deep, they're going to freeze over early. You know, those lakes there tend to have, um, you know, like I said, anywhere from 10 to 14, 15 inches right now. But there's some other lakes that I've um, I fished. I'm actually, tr- I'm actually crossing deeper basins to get to smaller bays. Uh, one basin I crossed, you know, was 35 feet deep. And there was about six inches of ice there. So, you know, just people got to remember that those deep basin areas take longer to freeze over, you know, versus a nice shallow area. So if anybody's ever crossing any deep, deep areas, you know, make sure and check the ice. I always check before I do, you know, this time of year, anywhere I go. But the deep, deep lake, deep basin areas don't have as much ice and the shallow lakes and stuff have pretty good ice right now. Well, Scott, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you for the insight, and that's fascinating, all the things that have to go into the trapping business. Oh, you're welcome. It was very fun. So if you guys are looking, go check out Scott. He's at 330 Maniac, and and uh, you find him on YouTube, find him on Well, Facebook, he's actually split. He's, you split. It's 330 Maniac Fishing, and then the mm-hmm. Minnesota Trapper uh, for the trapping yeah. side, probably because Instagram said, hey, you can't have a dead animal anywhere. Yeah, that actually, that was kind of interesting. Somebody, I, I, <laughs> this is going to sound like a conspiracy theory, but somebody, somebody on Instagram messaged me. They had a picture of a beaver on as their profile picture, and they sent me a message. It said, "Hey, you better stop trapping and stop posting pictures, or I'm going to delete your account." And like I said, this wasn't you know this wasn't Instagram telling me anything. It was a user on Instagram. I said, "Oh, okay, well, whatever." I literally posted a picture of trapping the next day and within 15 minutes of refreshing my page, whoever it was had went in and had my account, uh, you know, banned or terminated or whatever. And I, I even got a hold of Instagram. I, I, I got a hold of them and said, Hey, cause I, I said, Hey, my account's been hacked. And they would, they actually emailed me back and said, no, your, your account's been disabled because, because of all your, your community violations you've had, you know, over, over the years. And I, I emailed them. I said, I've never had one. I've never had a warning. I've never had anything. And I probably sent, you know, Instagram 25 to 30 emails over a four month period and not one single email. They replied to me back. Really? Yep. So that's the reason I have two separate ones. I honestly believe it was like an inside job. I think that the person that messaged me works with Instagram or works for them because, you know, how can, how can someone that's a user on Instagram say, Hey, I'm going to take your account away and they just do it. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. That's not cool. 
No, I'm looking not. at your YouTube page, and holy cow, you got 51k subs. That's awesome. Almost 52. Yeah, should hopefully here. I would say within the next, you know, less or I'd say well within the, a week, I should be up to 52. December's a it, leading up to the holiday season is always such a my your, my subscribers just go up and up and up, and then after the first year, they taper off slowly into summertime. Of course, because I work a full-time job during the summer, so I can't post as much. But, yeah, onward and upward. It's always building building a little bit better and farther every day. Well, come on, all you Icemen. Let's uh, let's push Scott over 100K, huh? Absolutely. What, That'd be great. <laughs> <Get all> the, <laughs> I'd love it. Get all the Icemen going here. <laughs> and then oh, maybe subscribe I appreciate it. Too. All right, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. See ya. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Oh, that's crazy. I had no idea. Imagine getting your leg caught in a counter bear. That would be bad times. Oh, geez. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. <laughs> is, that from, is that from uh, classic Naked Gun? Naked Gun. Yeah. It's a good show. Jeez. All right, should we take a break? I, I knew he was going to. I was just waiting for it because I could see him clicking on his phone. He was not looking at... Uh, Ice reports, but yeah, this this snow. What a producer! The snow's gonna hurt the ice a little bit. Let's take a break. Come back, and John, you need to help me figure out how to hook this thing up. Your, I have got your Helix three sixty. I've got my Hummingbird three sixty. You got my Helix nine, and I don't know how to do it. You mean my Helix nine? Uh, it's not yours. I bought that fair and square <laughs> on my on my boat payment. That <laughs> <laughs> counts, right? Yeah, I'm taking your picture right now. Look at all this stuff. He's got wires. How and, does it work? And crap everywhere. Look at this. There's the giveaway. What do I do? There's Dan with a couple soda pops and a dumpster fire of a Helix. It's a great Helix on a really nice tactigrip yeah, shuttle. I didn't say the thing was a dumpster fire. It's just you got 900 cords laying out there. Well, I told you. I don't know how to do it. Well, well, we'll get that figured out after the break. All right. Things plug in just like. I'm not going to repeat what I was thinking. <laughs> Smart. Smart. We just had a 30-minute segment about beavers, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what it has to do with plugging things in, but let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> We're now off the air, FCC. Hey everyone, this is Dan from the Icemen coming to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. Now is the time. If you have not put in your order yet for a custom rod, you need to get it in right away. We're about five weeks out right now on custom order, so now is the time to get them in there. We've got new uh, in-stock rods added to the website all the time. Make sure you use the promo code ICEMEN to save yourself 10% on your order. And check out Freedom Baits for the hottest baits on the ice. they got a lot of stuff in stock. Use the code ICEMEN for 10% off in your order. Or check out two custom rods we have in store for you to touch and feel them. Also, check out the best coolers on the planet, Maluna Coolers, made in Brainerd, Minnesota, road model, high-quality coolers. Use the code ICEMEN for 15% off in your order. And I'm so excited about uh, about the Ice Camp Outfitters. We're going to get a chance to get up there in a couple of weeks and get a chance to experience those awesome fish houses. If you're not following Ice Camp Outfitters on Facebook and Instagram, you need to do so. And if you haven't booked your trip with them yet, now is the time. Use the promo code ICEMAN. Save yourself 10% off your booking, and it's time to get that in. Yes, you got to book early and book uh, book early and book often, right? Book early and book often. 
Exactly. No, you got you to get these trips planned and kind of solidified because if you don't, you just end up never going on them. And, uh, and go out and show some love to Scott Mackner. Yeah. 330 Maniac Outdoors. Catching beavers. What did we say? We're going to get them up to 100,000 subs? Yeah. So my mom and... Uh, <laughs> no, That's just, one. <laughs> my, We're getting there. Go, go on YouTube. No, I, it's, Scotty does a really good job with everything. He's a, he's a really good guy, has a lot of, uh, lot of knowledge. Um, you think about trapping, how, I guess, old school that sport is. There's, there's not many people left that do it. During the break, Tom and John were giving me a whole bunch of crap about trying to get my Mega 360 to work. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, Apparently, I, I'm missing cords. We do know, know that when you smashed it on the floor, that probably didn't help. You didn't right. think that was the right thing to do? No. He didn't, he didn't smash it on purpose. He just dropped it off the table. It rolled off the table. It's, it's round. It doesn't help. Uh, yeah. It's, if anyone has a 360, they have this plate that makes them pretty much impossible to roll. It's, you see it right here. It's there. It's on. Yeah. It just is loose. She's loose. Now it's now it's actually probably like a 300. Yeah. I think he, I think he probably, <laughs> he he probably smashed 60 degrees off that thing. Well, it'll, it'll match Dan then. <laughs> I've oh. realized that uh, none of my degrees help me with the electronic world. When I got this thing last summer, I looked at it for like a long time trying to figure out how to hook it up to my boat before I just was like, you know what? I probably could pay somebody to do this. And that's exactly what I did. And now I'm looking at it here thinking, I don't know who you take it for to pay somebody to do an ice unit. They probably just laugh at you. Well, I think you're missing a cord. That's, that's your, I think so too. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a super great at, at this, but I'm pretty good at web searching and I could not find like a click, a quick, easy diagram of now asterisk what folks, cords there, there is there. a, there is an instruction manual that literally shows you how to hook this thing up with yep. little like, Leg bone connected to the elbow, elbow connected to the hand bone. <laughs> well, you might be judgy, but you just said you think I'm missing a cable. No, it says you're missing a cable. Really? Yeah, it, it just it just voice texted you. Mm, perfect. Which cable am I missing? The one, the brain to your body. <laughs> Helpful. I'm Helpful just kidding. Job. I actually do think you're missing a cable. Well, let's try and put this thing together. I want, I want you guys to diagnose it. Well, Here, got here's your user manual. Dear Lord, if you could watch this. This, this uh, looks pretty rad, though. I'm excited. I've never used a Helix on the ice. Yeah, the tactical grip shuttle is, is pretty legit. Oh, cool. And this thing, feel this. I mean, for what you got here, that's not as heavy as, it, as you think it could be. I think Smash. You, I think you might need to charge your battery, though. Because it's at 12%? Yeah. That's not bad for having it being sit on a shelf since last January. You left the battery sit on the shelf, or you left the whole unit sit on the shelf? The whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I had the Helix on my boat. Yeah, but did you leave the, all the power cords hooked up to the battery? Yeah. And what kind of battery are you using? Is it Amped Outdoors? Uh, it's the one that you bought. <laughs> what, what was that? I don't I think remember. it was an. I think it was an Amped Outdoors. Amped I don't outdoors. have a small enough... Uh, here. I can pull this little screw off. Anyways, this is so, riveting. Yeah, this is riveting. I'm actually recording Dan right now. I got a whole minute of high quality footage at the moment. That is a black. It's black. It's black. That's all I know. Oh, for it's sure. amped outdoors. And it's big. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, before we uh, scare off any listeners here, I think there's one thing I think we should. Mention. Yeah, we should maybe talk about uh, early ice season yeah, hold up, up and stuff. Hold, hold up, though, but I got something else to say. What? Since our last episode, we hit 100,000 
plays yeah. for our podcast. Yeah. So that's, a lot of that's, plays. that's kind of a big deal. Thanks. Thanks to everyone out there. Shout out to all of our listeners, our loyal listeners. Please don't be scared of Dan's buffoonery when it comes to his hummingbird. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm willing to put myself out there. You guys. Uh, so am I. I, I don't went, know you guys I all to, have so much hate in your heart. <laughs> I don't have hate. We're at 102,394 right now. Woo. So that's, that's, that's pretty, well. that's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, who'd ever thought that hundred thousand people have heard our voices or hundred thousand plays of our voices out there in the interwebs. You could talk to all of USA bank stadium and target field at the same time. Wow. Now that's legit. That's crazy. If you think about it, hundred thousand people, it's a lot of plays. So thank you, everybody. We're not done yet. Thank you to our listeners. No, no, thanks. Next hundred thousand. And so, thanks for supporting all of our sponsors as well. Oh, we absolutely. really appreciate that. Absolutely. I know John does. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I like keeping this business going. Yep. And I want to order a Maluna, John. I want to get it the 22 quart. I told you it's the best cooler in the world. Yep. I need the 22 quart. I want to use it uh, this winter to keep my batteries uh, warm. That's not a bad idea. I use it so stuff doesn't like it doesn't get frozen solid. Like even if you put a case of beer in there, it's cold. You just don't want to have it completely freeze. Have you ever had somebody walk in? And then just kind of stand there and stare at you. Yeah. And you can't really hear him because you're on a podcast. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Kenny just uh, approached the table and now he's fing- fingering. I think he neck. wants a beer. You want a beer? Yeah, he wants a beer. <laughs> I need to see your ID. <laughs> it's like a mime. That was quite the strange, like, I want a beer. It's like the, he was opening a beer. I would have probably gone like yep. drinking a beer. But whatever. But then when you ask your kids how to, how do you demonstrate how to hold a phone? We go like this. No, they go like this now. No, they, my kids go like this. Yeah. It's a sandwich. It's like a flat, flat. Very strange. So we had, we had someone ask the question, okay, describe the walleye setups for this year. Cause I know they've changed since last year. Um, and we have a few different walleye rods. We have four in particular that are dedicated walleye rods and I'll go from lightest to heaviest precision, Power Precision, Commander, and Vulcan. And we always forget the dead stick, but that's kind of a specialty. Yeah, that's... I always love when people ask, what's the best rod to dead stick with? And I always reply, the dead stick. (laughs) And it's like, it's a little bit of dad humor, but uh, it is truly, it's, you know, it's a moderate action glass rod that loads up perfectly for... Um, fish taking your lure and kind of swimming away with it. I would love to see a like a light version of the dead stick, a dead stick light, a DL. Yeah, a DSL. DSL. Is that a? That's internet. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, isn't that? <laughs> does that even exist anymore? I would love that. I would use I a crappie DSL. fishing. I think that'd be great. Yeah, have a little crappie minnow on there. That's probably a good idea for a new rod. I so it. I get it. it's mine. What? So so tell us Baker about those so about the, those four. The precision. Here's here's how I break them up. <laughs> it's just this you just so much judgment at this table. Right you know, now. It, if you, you can, can see, you see can Dan. talk about Baker custom rods, but that's going to be we're, we're going to charge you two hundred dollars an episode to talk about it. So fork it over. I'm not, I'm not being a sponsor. I'm just <laughs> promoting. So I mean, how many times have we mentioned Hango Bravo Aviation? That's three. Thank you. <laughs> 
Jeez. Right. Go okay. ahead, John. So precision. Here's what I'm going to put on it. Always eighth ounce spoon. Either a slender, tumbler, tingler, whatever. Eighth ounce spoon. The best, in my opinion, the Lindy Ratlin flyer spoon. I just ordered uh, a few lures, like two. Not saying that I ordered a couple. Two cases. I didn't order that many jig and wraps. Okay. Okay. There's... That you, the jig and wrap rod is not the precision, though. So I know. Let's wait on that. So, okay. That's what I use. Precision. That's what I put. Eighth it's, ounce. It's a finesse rod. It's your typical walleye spoon. When someone yep. thinks of a walleye spoon for ice fishing, that's the precision. Yep. And then for bigger baits, which I you like number five jig and wraps, um, and then also slab wraps and stuff, the profile baits that actually, you know, they're a little harder to jig, I, I take the power precision in a little longer length all day long. So the... Three dozen jigging wraps that I just ordered tonight um, are, are going to be on there. Now, I differ from you a little bit on that one. I put my minnow profile baits on my commander. So, and see, that's so people always ask, what's the best route? Well, it's a, it's a, there, there's a gray area mm-hmm. between the power and the, and the commander because I like the rod tip to load up a little bit and you probably like a little bit more vertical or horizontal. Like, well, and I'm almost always sitting. I'm not moving or I'm not walking around on the ice. And I like to be able to get the rattles to engage on a, on a minnow bait without having to, you know, really extend my arm. And with a quick, with a uh, commander, it just is, you know, it's a, it's a much faster rod, much faster tip. So those. Uh, yeah. And you can work. Now, do you run mono on your. I don't commander? actually, but you know, I was going to ask you about that because I just ran into a pretty good deal on some. Some mono, and I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm going to do with it. Oh, you already bought it. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> well, it was I sent, I sent you the picture of it. Did you? Yeah, when I went to, uh, so my wife is a employee at Federal Premium, and they have their company store. And I went in there, and, and they had a whole room of clam. Did you get the clam frost? Mono? I got some fl- frost. So the gold. So I, totally off topic, but the gold frost. Uh, line, man, that three pound line is something else. I got 300 yards of three pound and I got 300 yards of five pound. Five pound would be pretty nice for a commander. I was thinking the five pound, I'd put it on my power. Yeah. Cause it's or a little that. bit more moderate. Do you have a, they have a six pound frost? I'm sure they do. Um, no, it was odd numbers. Oh, it was weird. It's they had seven, some floral. Seven? They had floral and I was like, I don't want to do that. And I thought seven might be too heavy. So I've got right now. On my precision, I have um, what? Keep talking. What are you doing? Sorry, I'm. He's trying to hook up his helix to a microphone. Fifty-eight here, and all of a sudden, my microphone's not working right. What was it? Too quiet. Just getting a little bit of a buzz. A little buzz. You're not even drinking. <laughs> it's because of the mustache rubbing against the microphone. All right, go ahead. Could be. I've got braid on my precision braid like i don't know six pound braid or eight pound braid to a, a little tiny swivel to a floral leader but i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to switch that off and put on the mono put on the five pound mono on both the power and on the precision and then keep braid on the commander yeah see if i don't run a lot of braid because i fish outside. outside i fish outside a ton actually i've realized that i don't fish in my house ever um so I set it up for the kids and then I walk away. So it's a, uh, it's a it's different like your regular house. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> sorry. Ouch. Sorry. Daddy's going to work at the bar. 
da- this daddy got guilt tripped hard today when I was trying to leave. You're leaving again? I'm like, I've been home with you for 15 straight days. You're always leaving. Jeez. I mean, my family doesn't even call or text me. It's 10 o'clock. And- well, the expectations are really low. Yeah. That's what you have to do is just set them low to start, and then you'll be fine. I didn't even see my kids today. I didn't even see my wife. I don't think I've had contact with anybody today. I texted you. Yeah. You texted me your Chipotle order, so yeah, that counts. That's, that's true. It's a good contact. <laughs> All right. So where were we? Okay. So, so we were differing on, our, on so, what we use the commander and the power precision So for. commanders, I run the bigger bigger spoons like the three sixteenths and quarters and stuff like that. Stuff That's like so funny. That. That's what I read on my power. So we are exactly opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of this stuff is a preference thing rather than a must do. Yeah. So like the, the people always ask what's better with the power of the commander. Well, it depends on what you're using. So I, I run more spoons and lighter ripping baits and then the commander, I run heavier stuff and then I run up to like number six ripping wraps on the, the commander. So like big baits where I'm just calling stuff in. And then so, when it comes time to hang on the open water, open water spoons and the giant, yeah, lipless wh- crankbaits. Where that, I want, then you pull out the Vulcan. I, and the Vulcan is a softer tip than the Commander. It's a little slower action, but the tip you can jig just giant stuff. Plus, I use it in like a forty-two or a forty-four, um, so you can jig some monstrous stuff. I like my Vulcan a lot. You know the one fun fact about the Vulcan? That rod was not red originally. Wasn't it green? It was like a Christmas tree green, this like kind of really dark chartreuse, not chartreuse. It was just green and it was really gross. And I think the reason we didn't release that rod right away is we couldn't stand the color. So when I ordered the second round, um, I wanted a burgundy, like a burgundy, but they forgot to prime the blanks the first time. So it came out and it was cherry red, but like translucent. And I wanted to call it the Mandalorian the first time, but everyone thought I was going to be sued by Disney. Um, yeah, Disney's really on our radar, or we're yeah, on Disney's radar. Exactly. I said if I made an impact at Disney and they sued me for a fishing rod, I might just take it. Granted, it would probably fold tuned up within four seconds. But <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you guys just way off topic, but since you brought up Disney, have you heard about one of my favorite Disney, Disney conspiracy theories? That about all the Frozen, all, all the movies are intertwined. <clears throat> well, no, there's the movie Frozen, and yeah, then also, and uh, oh, and also, Disney on Ice. Yeah, you told me that you thought it was because they the, want that the, to come up when they Google Disney instead of Disney's head on ice. Instead of Disney, I think I might have even talked about this, but you like, did when yeah, we were talking what? to uh, Charlie. Charlie, because like, Walt Disney had his head amputated and then frozen, cryogenically frozen. <laughs> This is why I don't listen to your conversations <laughs> off air. Come on, man. Often. That's good. That's it's true. That's good that stuff right there. That. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So Disney on Ice and Frozen, that they were created just so that people don't Google that. I liked Frozen. I liked all the Disney Frozen movies. Frozen 2 is great. Let what's it go. the Let one, it go, John. What's the one uh, with the dad with the legs cut off? Um, Onward. Onward. Yeah. It, it, you can't watch that if you like are in any kind of mood that is not euphoric high. Onward was all right. Onward was really rough. Yeah. I watched that last year around October time. That was it's a tough time for that. Pretty pretty rough. But yeah, onward wasn't my favorite. Okay, back to fishing rods. So Vulcan we use for bigger stuff, and I also use that as my number one absolute favorite rod to use for an iFish Pro. You like that better than the dead stick and better than the LTP. Mm-hmm. I love that rod. I have a 38-inch Vulcan that I have not taken off the iFish Pro in 
probably four years. It's the number one I fish pro rod. And it, I use it for walleyes mostly. Because we're talking walleyes. If I was going for big fish, I would use an LTP. I don't have an LTP. What about big walleyes? Still a Vulcan. Big walleyes don't, for me, all the big walleyes I've caught through the ice don't fight as hard. They're not as, fighters, yeah. As, as hard as I want them to be. I don't know why. They're just not, you know. They know they've been caught. They're like, yeah. all right, fine. And usually when I catch a big walleye, it's in super shallow water, so there's zero time to react to anything. <laughs> Sorry, I just found the, uh, we were the all, manual. We, I found the manual. Did I'm you find the 38-page manual that seems to explain it all? It's 38 it's in, pages. It's in French. Dan it's was not just in French. Oui, oui. The... Did Mega. I just go? Did I go dark for a second? Dan there? found it while he was googling Disney on Ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's. I still don't understand what I'm looking at. Well, you have a transducer. You have two cables. You plug it in. I think you're missing the one cable, and you're missing the the weird thing about water. I got water here. Yeah, I don't think I'll it's up deep a enough. enough. You know, I can see the pins under water. Yeah. Why don't you bounce it against the floor a couple more times? <laughs> Knock another so sixty degree judgment. Knock another sixty degrees off that thing. Dan's got a mega mega twelve twelve degree cone. Yeah, well, at least I'm gonna go fishing. That is He's got you there, John. Ouch! I was supposed to go with a guide this Saturday for my son's birthday, but we, due to a massive scheduling conflict, we can't. Like I didn't talk to my wife before asking. That'll get you every time. It would help if you saw her. Yeah, so you could actually true. you could actually talk about the your, I, your I scheduling. Sent her, I sent her a message through the mail, through the snail mail. <laughs> I would like uh, to schedule time on your calendar to discuss scheduling more time. Yeah, <laughs> my wife has literally said to me, "Just set up a calendar invite." I'm like, "You want me to do a calendar invite to talk to you?" Well, I'm yeah. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's hard. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh boy i don't know this is an off-air topic okay so back to your no, wife. Well, she wouldn't be offended she literally told me to do that that's weird so on your vulcan uh you have fished the vulcan on winnipeg right yeah i love it and that rod really is in a you know it's kind of its final frontier is winnipeg because i mean winnipeg baits are hilariously big yeah you're using the stuff the size of an iphone 12 i mean literally the biggest rip and wraps you can find big a, crank, a lipless crankbait is what i'm using it's not mm-hmm. even a rip and wrap at that point no it's just, do you do you they use lipless crankbaits quite a bit too like the old rapload ones yeah big ones yeah I found my wedding ring too by the way <laughs> super was lost, it on your hand no I lost it for a year <laughs> well here, look at that everything's looking I up. just remembered that I had it on you literally looked at your watch and then noticed your <laughs> wedding ring yeah. I love the non sequitur just I have ADD <laughs> oh by the way the, this time of year I have ADD like crazy so. But I'll tell you what, so Jeremy Carroll, we've had him on the show with his son, Carroll's Custom Baits. So he just started painting um, jigging wraps, essentially, or or ripping wraps. Oh, I was going to say jigging wraps. And uh, I'm going to have him paint me up a couple of the kind of Winnipeg color scheme. Is there a specific color scheme up there? So a lot of purples and pinks and polka dots. So kind of imagine like a Wonder Bread but purplish. Yeah, so it's like a, I mean, a lot of, those those purples and pinks really work well, but if you look at minnows, a lot of them are like iridescent purple a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a lot more colors that you don't think are there. Yeah, and so uh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Catch him on one of his custom baits. I was out with him 
for the only time I've gone ice fishing, it was him and, and Tanner out on BB Lake and caught a bullhead. When's the last time you ice fished and caught a bullhead? I've never caught a bull, bullhead. I always want to catch a dogfish through the ice, which I'm, I don't know if that's possible. I made Tanner take it off for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is gross. Tanner, you got gloves on. Handle this for me. That's terrible. <laughs> no, I'm, We're trying to go soon, but um, Brainerd's ice isn't the best. Well, and we could drive over to... Uh, St. Michael. Malax. Come to St. Michael. I have uh, Country Friday free from 312 to 4.15. Oh, I'm out of town. Sorry. It's not going to work. If it was any other day. I mean, the lakes are still there. Just not me. I've driven by Maple Grove Lakes like 30 times this week. Not Maple Grove. Maple Plain, sorry. You've been to Maple Maple Plain or Maple Lake? Maple Plain. Maple Plain's not Maple Lake. Yeah. No, Maple Maple Plain, which is way out. Off of 55, right? Yeah, it's like southern. Yeah. Maple Lake is, is I, out west, but it's up north, a little further north. This month is drive. It's just a driving fest. No, Maple Plain, is that off like 7, Tommy? Maple Plain is 55. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really? Then it yeah. was Maple Plain. Well, Maple Lake's off 55, too. Yeah, Maple Plain is about as far west in the All right, whatever. I was out west off of 55, so. So it's not quite to Maple Lake. Correct. Like the by like the Edina Ballroom or the the uh, Medina Ballroom, that's yeah. that's in Medina. <laughs> I said like by that <laughs> jerk. Here, let me get out the Google Maps. This is like four kids. Like, do you remember so, playing Nintendo as kids or like any kind of gaming system? I do. I do. And remember. the the conversations were always like completely off topic. Be like, hey, Jimmy, what'd you have for lunch? Do, and, do you feel like we have a topic that I, John? We, we didn't really Please. have a topic, but Scott Mackner was on the show. So. I know. And Scott would do great. Oh, I'm sorry. Maple, Maple Plain is off of 12. That's so, why I so said seven. I was closer. <laughs> it's actually, 55, 17, 33. It's actually closer to 55 than seven. Just FYI. But no, it's not. All right. I'm pulling up Google maps too. Where's seven? Seven's lower. Way lower. Oh man. But oh, you know what's the second? all of our all of our listeners in Sweden? We actually have listeners in Sweden. They're like, ugh, hootie hootie hootie. Let's go back to the. Oh, now we don't have any listeners in Sweden. <laughs> Look at the second closest town though to Maple Plain, Medina. Yeah, it is. Medina. Is Maple Lake close to all of this too? So it's Maple all Maple Lake is further west. Yeah, so we're all kind of close. I just, yeah. You know, I thought maybe you were out by Otter. At uh, like Rhino Industries. No, I need to go get a new otter, but uh, I have not done that yet. Have you been to the to Rhino before yes. to the factory? Yeah, place is legit. Yeah, I had to pick up like five ice houses once. I had to do that too. Yeah, I yeah. had to pick up ice houses and bring. I brought one to your house. Yeah, Remember maybe. that? Yeah. You probably brought crazy. my cabin to my house. I think I did. It was a full. It was a flip over. Yep. Because I got a cabin at the same time. Yeah, I still don't have a a pop up anymore. So I you really, sold that. It's you're a seller. You flip things. I wouldn't say I sold it. You gave it away. Wouldn't even say I gave it away. Did your brother steal it? Maybe. My family likes to borrow my stuff. <laughs> well, then it's still in the family. Yeah, I just don't know where it goes. Ah, well, that's a cool place. When you're out there picking up your ice house, there's lakes right by there. Some good ones. Just, just put the high faxes on the back of the truck and screw it down, and you're good to go. Oh gosh, the high fax. I hate that thing. I really? mean, I like it that it's on there, but putting that thing on there almost made me give up ice fishing. You use a heat gun and mold them. I used your heat gun. Oh. I hated it. Why? It took forever. Forever. 
How, okay. So here's how I do those. Cause I can assemble ISOs pretty fast. I've assembled probably more than I've ever should have. You flip the tub over mm-hmm. you put your first screw in, you heat it up. Well, that's where I got it wrong. What? I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the first step, the flipping it over. I tried to do it upside down. Yeah. I put them on the inside. Okay. The so you put, so I put the fir- the five screws in there, lay them down, heat them up, mold them, keep putting the screws, and then my kid runs with the screw gun on the bottom side, and it just sounds like a little NASCAR pit team. Is that how you do it? That's not how I did it, but I mean, I had only done one, and it was oh. freezing cold out. Oh, were you, were I, br- you I bring you using, them into my living room. Were you using John's kid as slave labor? No. Oh, well, that's your problem. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I bring them into my living room. The last one I did was in my living room and then i realized that drilling all of those high facts those little corkscrew pieces of plastic were everywhere my wife came down she's like what are you doing and i had the whole thing in there and i was like uh i'll go bring it downstairs (laughs) and then i realized trying to get out a fully assembled cabin out of my basement by myself was impossible i mean so maybe i was smarter not to do it inside yeah and then i had to drag it up the stairs around the corner and then back outside but it worked. Either way, they're both attached. Yeah. Although I did go through with one screw. Like I went right through the flange on the Hyfax. So it's like like one of them is slightly bowed out from the actual tub. Oh, jeez. It's right in the middle, though. It's like it's a non-factor. But, yeah, but you, you probably don't run your uh, ice house on like a, behind a four-wheeler or a snowmobile. I don't. So I figure I get about two to three seasons on a four-wheeler on mine. Before the Hyfaxes are completely toast. Yeah, I just pull it over the over the road, getting down to the lake, and then pull it out there. Yeah, I'd like to pull it with an ATV. I just don't have one. You should get an ATV. They're very nice to have. Oh man, I was on the Lacan's website. Lacan's has a couple of side by sides that are very tempting, but Janet Yellen keeps raising her interest rates. And now I can't can't get loans for cheap anymore. No, no, you can't get loans for cheap. Cheap ATVs, expensive loans. Just right, Tom? Ex- just expensive to the tuned-up account. You'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> I can't. I don't own it. I'll have to expend it to the Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that check will be bouncing really hard. <laughs> Ever hear a rubber ball in a concrete lab? <laughs> That's okay. Boing. I'll have it broken before the check bounces. I don't doubt that. With Yeah. Is it weird that I, like, would like to act i'm actively interested in buying something else from lacan's oh why like i want to buy from lacan's almost as much as i just want to buy something i want to buy from lacan's just to make my experience feel better yeah yeah you got the shaft yep tom you should buy from lacan's you should buy my boat and then i can buy a new boat jack i borrow the tuned up card (laughs) (laughs) sure thank you it's right here little cans they have a vexus on sale right now 123 I don't. I don't understand how boats became so unaffordable. Dollars. Unaffordable. I mean, it looks. That's unbelievable. That's over half of what I paid for my house. Hundred and twenty. That would raise my house value by thirty to fifty percent by putting that boat in my garage. I just had it. Uh, I, I shouldn't. Never mind. Why? Oh, you can't do that. I had a. I had a new flight student today tell me. He says, if it floats, flies, or f- you're better off renting it. <laughs> and I was like, bro, I don't. Need, I just met you. <laughs> you might be right. 
Yeah, you might need to you might need to edit that one. Yeah. <laughs> you could just uh, erase the f bomb. Floats. Yeah. <laughs> flies. Flies. That's the one. That's the one. How did you have a flight student? Uh, I was just going and introducing two people to the airport and bringing them in there and showing them the planes and stuff like that. But I mean, where would you have flight students? I think I'm ready to go on a plane. I'm trying Hold to set on, you I'm up. I'm trying to set you up. We here. already talked about it. No, I'm, I'm Tango actually Bravo Aviation. Let's I, go. I think I might be ready to go on a plane. Tango Bravo Aviation. I have, I have super bad anxiety. Actually, my, my heart rate's way up right now. I have super... John, I'm trying to throw a free commercial. I'll take... Thank you, Tango since Bravo you Aviation. Since you can't advertise for some reason. Check me out on Facebook. I think he, it's because he just doesn't want to pay anyone to advertise, but Tango no, it's Bravo actually, Aviation. It's actually illegal to advertise in the state of Minnesota. It's only word of mouth is cool. For, so anyway, for aviation stuff, I'm so glad this came up uh, organically. Then yeah. <laughs> you have to you, <laughs> you have to be a registered flight school in order to advertise in the state of Minnesota. You can't be a independent flight instructor to advertise in the state of Minnesota. Oh. I'm just saying. I think I'm ready to go on our airplane. Let's do it. A little one. Did I, you? I want. How was your flight to Austin? I didn't go. Yeah. What, what happened with that? Did you check it out? No. So here's the deal with what happened with Austin. So I was supposed to fly to Austin, Texas. Actually, I was supposed to fly to Chicago and take a Chicago flight to Austin, Texas. My kids' football playoff hit that same weekend and that same night that I was supposed to fly down to Austin. So I had the choice, either ditch my kid, leave his team, or go to Austin, Texas for some meeting with people. I chose to go to the football game. What a good dad you are. What were you supposed to do in Austin? I had a, I had a, like a seminar in Austin for work. And I told my boss, I said, my kid is only young once. Seminars will come around again. I'm going to my kid's football game. And he goes, I think you made the right choice. I'm like, well, I'm glad you didn't fire me. <laughs> it's too bad you missed out on Joe Rogan, though, and Ted Nugent. They were speaking at that conference, I heard. Did you know that I could have got tickets to Ted Nugent's concert? I did know that. I yeah. was with you when you found that out, and it was one of the highlights of that night for me. And I'm still mad at that person. Well, you should be mad at yourself. Yeah. While my idea of kidnapping you and t- being in person. You wanted me to divorce my wife <laughs> so you could marry her for the go, day. And go for that event. Yeah. My wife said, that seems a little aggressive. Couldn't you just like kidnap him? I'm like, such a better idea. Or you just can't take, kidnap just take Ted Dan, Nugent. Dan's no, kidnap you. <laughs> oh, you're going to kidnap me? Yeah, don't kidnap Ted Nugent. He would kill you dead. I know. He'd probably kill me more than dead. <laughs> Do you know if you can get a marine band radio that also serves as a radio radio? Like a like a listening radio? Why do you want a marine band radio? I'm going to get one for my dad for Christmas. So my dad, my dad is a boat. He just bought a boat. Uh, what this, did he buy? He bought a 165 Dominator. From Lacan's? Actually, it was originally from Lacan's, but he bought it on Craigslist. Oh, so you bought it from Lacan's? Yeah, it's got the Lacan's logo on the back. I might ask Nick and text him, can you just send me a sticker? I'm going to put it on my boat. Maybe it'll get rid of the bad juju. I'm sure he'd love it. He'd love to put a sticker on it. <laughs> just just be like, can you just like fix the bill of sale You should or sell your boat to him and then buy the uh, 185 trophy that's sitting there. Does he have one? Mm-hmm. A new one? Yeah, 2022. With a 175 I think it's a 150 Merc on it. Suzuki? I think it's a Merc. I want a white Suzuki now. All right. 
I don't know why. Anyway, so the old man bought this boat. And I got a nice cover for a 150 over there, too. It's not nice. That's actually a pretty broken cover. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the actually, only thing on my boat that said Lacan's. Actually, that's not true, but that does say Lacan's Yeah, on it, it does. So you kind of have it. Yeah. Anywho, so the old man has this boat. He's going to bring it down to Texas with him and have it on uh, the Gulf because he's down in South Padre. And he needs a radio because he likes to listen to music. But I think... It should, he should have a marine radio too because yeah he's got to call maydays or something like that or so this pan pans for that's f- flying and boating is it yeah so this summer I his uh, the fish finder went out on it and he wanted to replace it with like the cheapest like Lawrence you could get you know like the like the one the that's, one that's a little smaller it's like a cell phone yeah right the, the like seventy bucks si- yeah and I'm like mm, I just can't we can't do that. So I got him a Helix 5. Helix 5, people do not give that unit enough credit. It's not expensive. It's not expensive. I mean, it's more than that, more than the smallest Chirp 7. It's what, 300 bucks or something like that? Something like that. But I wanted it to have um, GPS Mm -hmm. because he told a story last year where he went out into the the bay. So in South Padre, there's the Gulf side of the island and then there's the bay side of the island. And from the from South Padre Island to the mainland, the bay is like what eight miles. It's wide. It's a pretty big bay. At eight miles is not accurate, but it's, it's you don't wide. think it's that wide? No, I'm gonna look it up right now. Water is deceivingly larger, but than it's what big. It seems. It's big, and once you get out there, there's no. I mean, it's just a big, long, straight stretch of water. And he said he he pulled away from the dock and he got out onto the out into the bay and fog rolled in. And he had no idea where he was. He was completely lost. Couldn't see either shore. Had no idea where he was. And he was in a 16-foot Lund tiller. <laughs> no lights, nothing. That's terrifying. In the middle of a bay full of fog. So anyways, I was like, we're going to get you one that has a GPS. And he's like, this is pretty complicated. So I went in and I set it so that the only button, like you click like the menu button or whatever. It's just GPS. It goes GPS, depth finder. That's it. You just flipped me the bird. So the depth finder was the bird or? Yeah, the depth finder is the bird. It's shocking you were able to figure out how to program that. Yeah. You dick. <laughs> if you saw his Helix right now, it's you might as well be trying to wire stuff. I'm pretty good at some stuff. All right, I said eight miles. What do you think it is, Tom? <clears throat> guess it now. I'm about to look it up. I would guess... From the from the island to the mainland shore, three and a half miles. Uh, nautical miles or regular miles? That's a, that's actually a really good question. All right, here you go. Seven point one five miles. Yeah, and you did the longest part ever. Well, I went from, I went from right where he is. I guess if you want to go to Port Isabel, so yes, if you want to go where the bridge is, which is the shortest part, but it's also incredibly narrow, that is 1.86 miles. All right. So it's a large bay either way. It's large and it's super shallow. Like the whole thing is like four feet deep. If we were playing prices right, I would have won. Do you catch fish there? Yeah. Yeah. So, so is it like one of those shallow flats, the high tide comes in, fish come in like crazy, low tide? There's not it, really any tide. No, okay. It doesn't have much tide movement. It's always like four feet deep. Hmm. And there's um, 
a bunch of guides that go out there and they have those like really big bay boats. Yeah. They're like 22 foot. They're like bass boats, but they're incredibly flat. Yep. And they have like 250 horsepower motors on them. And they always have like the talons and everything. And they're just ripping out there. And you're in your 16 foot Johnson or uh, Dingy. 16 foot <laughs> yeah. run with a Johnson on the back, hoping you don't break your motor. Um, anyways, so <laughs> yeah, we went there and uh, he's like, you want to go fishing? I'm like, yeah, let's do this. It was like 50 degrees and raining during spring break. I was so crabby. Anyways, we go out on the boat and he's like, oh, it's just down the shoreline here. We literally dock fished the ocean. Like we pulled up right next to a dock, put the anchor down and used essentially a, a saltwater version of a drop shot. It was just a big what circle. What were you hook. catching um, or are you trying to catch? Uh, sheep's head. Sheep's head. Yep. And uh, red, red fins. Is that right? Wasn't it red snapper? I think it was red. I think it was red fin. Red, anyway. No, it was red fish is red, what he called it. They were good. It was a silver fish, but it had like a red <clears throat> scale. Like a big ear. black dot on it. Yeah. They're tasty. I it looks like called red fins, aren't they? I think it's, I think he called it a red fish. Anyways, the sheep head were like really strong pullers, like hilariously strong fish. Anyway, we need to get a marine band radio that also serves as a radio radio. We'll hook it up. So what do you think uh, you should use the power position for, John? <laughs> do they look like this? Nope. They're silver. Search for it's it's like it looks like a look it looks like a almost like a almost like a uh, like a shiner like a big shiner or like a carp like a big silver carp but it has a little red ear it's not that big well John's searching I'll get our Swedish listeners back that's it that's the one it is. yeah it's a red drum here he's got it right here oh yep. Okay, power precision. I already, I didn't. I already say it. I, I know. I, I run goofing around. slab wraps and heavier spoons on it. Why do we build any dead sticks with split grips? Can I ask? Can I answer that with a weird scenario? And I think that the only reason we do it is because people put them in the roof of their otter house. Really? That's how that originally split grip came about. So I won't mention names, but a certain individual did that. Thought it was the greatest thing in the world because he no longer needed rod holders. The problem is that people don't actually. Did he forget to fold? Did he forget it up there? When he oh no, he broke a bunch of them that way. But um, you forget to push up the tarp and then pull it out because if you just rip it down, you rip the rod handle off or you rip the cork off because it's only cork; it only holds up to so much force. But I mean, some people like split grip ones. I made the mistake of getting a split grip one. Why? I'm literally because I was like, dumb. Yeah, we don't we don't off build them a lot, but some people do like them. Some people use them as jigging rods. They like that really slow, like moderate action um, for working spoons really slow. I always think of for early ice. Whenever I think of early ice, I think of bull whips, which is stupid because you get all the ice to fish bull whips. I should be thinking walleye. Yeah, but I never oh, do. I don't I don't fish panfish until it like becomes no fun to fish walleyes. Yeah, I always go right to the panfish. Yeah. Which is dumb. I'm missing out on the walleye option. Maybe I'll go fishing Saturday morning. 
You should. Take my wheeler out, try to cross over the bay. You should check it out for sure. Oh, man, where are these pictures coming from? The interwebs? Dan, Dan clicked what, on. Look uh, just got posted on the Tuned Up website, or the Tuned Up Facebook page. Yeah, he clicked on something wrong. Look how cool that lake looks. Looks like where uh, Matthew McConaughey was doing his fishing. All right, all right, all right. He, he it? did a nice fishing commercial, didn't he? He did. Yes. We talked about it extensively <laughs> on, a, on, a, on, a, on another episode. Are you seeing this picture? It's really cool. Aaliyah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's... Oh, we... Is that Cascade Lake? No. But there's trucks on it. They're like on the shore. I know. It's a bit... It looks like I a don't cut, think that's on the water. Looks like a cutthroat trout. Isn't that cool looking? Mm-hmm. They have some really cool destination places to fish. You know, I'm kind of... I wish I should... Like, try to fish more cooler stuff, you know, like better destinations and stuff like that. I just think it'd make my whole experience better. Come up to Winnipeg this year. Is it in uh, a month that has ice? <laughs> yeah, it's in January. January. They'll have ice in June. Yeah, I know. You should come up to the, you come on the men's retreat this year. If it's in January, we have baseball. <laughs> or basketball. Take your pick. I pick Winnipeg. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I well, shall we wrap it up, fellas? We should. We'll have more ice reports. Next uh, next episode, I'll have a report from Red. I'll have Ben to Red and back. So yeah, good, good, good times. Maybe it's the over under if I go fishing or not by next episode. You will. I'll. I bet Tommy catches more walleyes than the number of times that you go fishing, though. Ooh, that's a good bet. That's a good bet because he was he was skunked last year. No, I wasn't. Yeah, but he's going earlier. He's going in December. Yeah. Don't, well, I thought you were skunked. Or you only caught a couple. I lost an iPhone. I traded an iPhone for a fish. That was Malax. Still a wall. Do you guys drop your phones down the hole like constantly? Yeah, it happens a few <laughs> times. I need to get a. I need to get a, a <laughs> Pixel Robo watch. Cop. I want to get a, a Google Watch so I can leave my phone in my truck. No, you need one of those Robo. Uh, cam things or whatever they the, like the web thing that goes around your phone oh i've got one of those actually you, dro- right. you drop that down the hole the, mu- the music <laughs> said we're done oh sorry guys. last call <laughs> last call last call make us a song you're the piano man thanks for all the listens everyone Hundred and two thousand. that's wild yeah. wild keep but it rolling my wife says i have not a good voice for a radio <laughs> no, she says that i have a great voice i I have a sexy voice for radio. That's what she says. Hey, John. Not. <laughs> you keep you keep talking. Yeah, we're going to make this. We love, we love what we're hearing. We're on Love 105. That was the first radio station I was ever on. Fun fact. Love 105? Love 105. I did a commercial <laughs> for a medical company. <laughs> what? <laughs> Total random topic. This Very is the, renaissance, man. The, the, the extras. I did a commercial, and I got paid $150. That's pretty good money. Yeah. To literally walk in a studio, I walked into the Kikura studio which is also Love 105 and 93X. And they recorded the commercial, one take. They're like, you're done. It was like five minutes. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to work now. <laughs> it's, it, was, it was cool. Do you suffer from low T? <laughs> Do you suffer from low testosterone? I wouldn't say I suffer. Do you feel not yourself lately? You should try. Damn, that's what, song, do? what does it do there? It's a groove box holder. Oh, is it really? That's why your phone I falls on I have a groove box. Yeah, that's what it's for. 
This is going to be the episode of non sequiturs. (laughs) All right. Our our listenership just uh, plummeted. I think it should just fade out. This should just end with Tommy fading us out. Just silence and muting us. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, he's already doing that. This is bullshit. (laughs) 